In uncertain days, it is important to remember that our world is getting ready to meet God. We are all getting ready to meet Him. The King is coming. Today, we join Scott Pauley in walking through the final book of the Bible, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Life is full of contrast. We know in Scripture that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Light never becomes darkness. Darkness never becomes a light. Uh, there's a great division between the two, a great chasm between. Uh, what a contrast. When you come to Revelation 21, we are given perhaps the starkest contrast of all. Uh, we've been studying, of course, the new heaven, the new Jerusalem, the new earth, all things being made new, uh, us being with God. And then right in the middle of that, right after that description, we read this in Revelation 21 verse 8, but, that's a word of contrast. It shows the other side, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So we, we move from seeing light to now seeing death. We move from seeing heaven to now getting a glimpse of hell. The Bible says in verse 9, And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. You want to talk about two opposite pictures. On one hand, uh, we, we go to the lowest place, the lake burning with fire and brimstone. And on the other hand, we go to the highest place, a great and high mountain. We go from great judgment to that great city, the holy Jerusalem. From, from unholiness and wickedness, those who are cast into the lake of fire, to God's holy presence. What a contrast is seen here in these handful of verses in the middle of Revelation chapter number 21. What should we take from this? Why does God give us such a, such a stark contrast? Well, first of all, notice that there are two groups of people. First of all, there are those who do not know God and there are those who do. In the end, there's only two groups of people. I'm reminded that on April the 14th, 1912, uh, when the Titanic sank. You remember, 1140 at night, it struck that giant iceberg and went to the bottom of the ocean. Uh, that Titanic, that great ship, had on it all classes of passengers. In fact, if I remember correctly, there were three distinct classes of of cabins sold on that ship. And there were all kinds of people, all kinds of, of backdrops and backgrounds. But in the end, there were only two groups. There were those who were saved and there were those who were lost. And in the end of time, there are not many different kinds of people. We divide people in so many classes and ways. We divide them by race. We divide them by economic class. We divide them by uh, educated and uneducated. But God doesn't divide men that way. No, in the end, they're divided into two classes, those who reject Him and those who accept Him. Those who disobey, those who obey. Those who, who receive the truth and those who say, it's not for me. And so in the end, there are only two types of people. I wonder, which group do you belong to? On one hand, we have the Lamb's wife, the bride. 
That's believers. That's the church. That's those who've received Christ as their Savior. Oh, I hope you're in that group. And on the other hand, we have this list given to us. Notice the list in Revelation 21.8. There's the fearful. That tops the list. Isn't that interesting that fearful would be mentioned before the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters? I believe the number one reason people will be lost is perhaps fear. Uh, they, they're afraid of acknowledging their sinners. They're afraid of what it will cost them to follow Christ. They're afraid. What fear is holding you back from receiving Christ? I talk to people all the time who say, I'm just not ready. Why? Why are you not ready to enter into eternal life? Why are you not ready to have your sins forgiven? Could it be that hell will be populated by people who just said no to the Lord and delayed and procrastinated because of their fears? The fearful. And then the unbelieving. Ultimately, that is the the great sin, the root sin of all other sins, a failure to believe on Christ. And then the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters. And then if you say, well, I don't think I'm in any of those categories, he says, and all liars. Everybody's told a lie at some point in life. Sin at its core is a lie itself. Every time we sin, we're believing a lie, Satan's lie. And so this is... This is, on one hand, those who have rejected God, two groups of people. Then there are two distinct places. On one hand, we have the lake burning with fire and brimstone, the place of the second death. Remember, in the previous chapter, death and hell were cast into this lake of fire. That's the place where Satan is. That's the place where the false prophet, uh, that's the place where the beast is. So every wicked one goes to that place. And everyone that follows the wicked one and their own wicked heart, instead of following the righteousness of Jesus Christ, that's where they end up. That's the eternal destination. And if you don't want that place, then friend, I want to tell you, you need to look to Jesus Christ and be saved today. It's, it's a crazy world we live in. Nobody wants the product. They just don't want the process. Uh, people want things to turn out well in the end. They just don't want to do the right thing now. And I want to say to you, if you want the Lord in the end, and then you need Him today. And so there are two places. There's the lake of fire on one hand. On the other hand, there's this beautiful great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Which place do you want to live in forever? You pick. You decide. Where would you like your eternal address to be? And so there are two groups of people. There are two distinct places. And then finally, may I give this word of application, there are two basic priorities. If you want two priorities today to guide your life and to order your energy, here they are. Number one, the first priority is you need to make sure yourself that you know you're saved. Make your calling and election sure. Make sure you know you have put your faith in Christ and Christ alone for your soul's salvation. And if you think I'm belaboring that point as we near the end of the revelation of Jesus Christ, I want to tell you that is the heartbeat of God It is the whole message of Scripture, and it is actually God's emphasis in the closing chapters of His book. You're going to see that more and more as we near the end. God wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. This is not the day for there to be a question mark about your soul's salvation. This is the day to replace it with an exclamation point. I know in whom I have believed, and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him against that day. Would you drive a stake a mile deep in the ground today about your soul's salvation? If there's any doubt at all, any question at all, settle that now. That's the first priority. Nothing else matters except for your eternal soul's salvation. And then the second priority is closely akin to it. And it is this. 
do your best by God's help to bring as many other people to Jesus Christ now as possible. See, there's coming a day there'll be no more opportunity for people to be saved. There'll be coming a day that the, the judgment comes and it's over, friends. We must do what we can, while we can, right where we are. So I want to challenge you. If you know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior, don't be content today to simply say you're not going to the lake of fire. You're going to be with God. Who are you taking with you? When you get into the presence of God, who will be there because you gave them the gospel and pointed them to the Lord Jesus Christ? You see, this book of Revelation is not just for our curiosity's sake, for education's sake. No, it's about evangelism. It should be the great motivator. Paul said, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. May God use you today to persuade others that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh unto the Father but by Him. Settle the matter of your own soul's salvation, and by God's grace point others to Jesus Christ today, because the King is coming. The purpose of all Scripture is to see God. In Revelation, the curtain is pulled back and we are reminded not to simply look at world events, but to look to Christ. We hope you will join us next time as Scott Pauley continues our study through this amazing book of the Bible. You may also join us right now for additional studies and a library of helpful resources at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will find several new features at our online home, and we trust they will be a blessing to you as you walk with God. Plan to visit us each day at enjoyingthejourney.org, and we look forward to returning to Revelation on our next broadcast. Keep your eyes on Christ and look up. The King is coming.